Hello and welcome to the Hashtag Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Schultz, and I'm joined once again by my buddy, Matt Hames. How are you doing today, Matt? Good, Jordan. How are you doing? Oh, doing great. Spent, you know, like 10 hours in front of the couch watching football yesterday. It's uh, I feel like I'm back in my element, finally. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and yeah, I pretty much love it. Over here, I'm back on the East Coast now, so I'm so used to football starting at 11 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, so now I'm like bored in the morning waiting till 1 o'clock. Uh, for the games to start and I I got the Sunday ticket on the uh, you know the the mobile one which because uh, I can't get direct TV at my apartment and I've mm-hmm. been digging it man just sitting there watching it on the uh, on the Apple TV but man I don't I hardly get off the couch other than to use the restroom and it's just it's it's awesome yeah Sundays are not good for my overall health but I am really really enjoying it that's for sure I wouldn't trade it it's been good you know having some some football on uh, yesterday my Cowboys pulled out like one of the like just absolute craziest like games I've ever seen in my life. I we did not so deserve to even be that. in that game. We we didn't even deserve to be there, but somehow here we are. One and one, we'll take it. Great for fantasy owners as well. Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, it started out where people were you know throwing their remote controls about Dak and getting ready to jump off the Dak bandwagon after week two, like people do, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, he pulled out a monster game at the end there. So every, now everybody's happy and not saying a word. Yeah, we live to see another week, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, a lot of guys did not live to see this next week. You know, there was a ton, a ton of injuries this week. Um, one of the biggest weeks for injuries in terms of, like, big-name dynasty players that I can remember, and, like, really for as long as I've been watching football, I can't remember a week where this many big names got injured. Uh, so we're going to go through those and help you guys navigate them, let you know what that means, you know, for their dynasty value, if there's any of their corresponding moves you need to make to to cover that. Um, we're also going to start off by talking about some of the rookies that have really uh, had some notable performances or that really stood out or uh, grabbed our attention. We're going to kind of break down through those a little bit and then uh, we'll round this all up together and uh, I guess get ready for week three at that point, Matt. Yep, I'm uh... I'm ready to go. It's going to be a wild week of fantasy this week, that's for sure, with all the injury replacements. I'm going to have probably like 30 different waiver claims in in like every single league just because of so many injuries. It's it's, it's wild. Um, But one of the the biggest storylines in week two, and it kind of came as a a last-minute announcement, and that was uh, Justin Herbert got the start for the Las Vegas Chargers over Tyrod Taylor. Um, sounds like a pretty crazy thing. Uh, like Tyrod, I guess, was having some some issues with his ribs. Uh, was getting an injection of some sort. I would guess to manage the pain before the game and had some sort of reaction to it. Got chest pains. I ended up going to the hospital. Um, which you know, prayers to him. Hopefully, he's doing okay there. Um, but it did open up the door for Justin Herbert, and man, he did not disappoint. Um, against a good Chiefs defense, he came in, went 22 for 33, had 311 passing yards with one touchdown, one interception, um, added four carries with 18 yards and a touchdown on the ground, good for uh, 26 points and six-point uh, passing leagues. Um, the one interception he had, it was just kind of a young mistake. He floated up there in traffic. I actually ended up watching all of this game once they announced Herbert was starting. Um, really, really impressed with what I saw first game. He was a lot farther ahead of what I thought he was going to be coming out of the draft. Um, I think my last Dynasty comment said, you know, he's a good stash, but you're going to have to wait a year or two. Um, was not expecting anything like this. Uh, their coach is still saying that Tyrod Taylor is a starter. I'm really skeptical that that continues to be the case much longer after how good Herbert looked out there against a quality team. Um, I guess first off, how much of this game did you get to watch and what were your thoughts? Uh, I was flipping back and forth, honestly, between this game, um, uh, this one and the Ravens and um, 
Texans game. So probably about half and half. I really mm-hmm. turned it on in the fourth quarter and then I watched all of basically all the fourth quarter and all of overtime and then just bits and pieces um, gave me uh, flashbacks of Justin Herbert at Oregon when they played Utah. I couldn't stand that guy. <laughs> um, I just can't get rid of that guy. And uh, but yeah, just kind of like what you said, I did see that interception and on that interception. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it, to me, it was a terrible read, a rookie mistake. He he uh, could have ran out of bounds and had the first down actually to extend the game, but he threw it across mm-hmm. the field. Just a rookie mistake. Um, yeah, Anthony Lynn, I'm kind of on the countdown watch until he gets fired at this point, to be honest with you. He's saying some crazy things in the media. I know that's not fantasy relevant, but um, I do think Anthony Lynn is going to potentially hold um, Justin Herbert back a little bit if he continues to want Tyrod Taylor to – Tyrod Taylor, excuse me, to uh, to play in the next few weeks because um, I – I mean, everybody in America saw it. Uh, Justin Herbert, um, I, I feel like, completely outperformed Tyrod Ty Taylor the last few years that Tyrod Taylor has been mm-hmm. putting out on the field. Um, so that that's just kind of my overall takeaways on that, that he, he should be seeing the field more. And the offense was going. Austin Eckler um, got going and Joshua Kelly got going as well. The offense just looked more in flow with Justin Herbert. It did. It got Keenan Allen involved a little bit too there, which was nice to see. And a lot of people are expecting big years out of him. And I mean, I think if you sub Her Herbert in for Tyrod Taylor, that's going to be a plus for all the pass catchers on the team there. Um, you know, he's big. I want to say he's like six four, six five. Like you can tell when he's out there on the field, like he's a big quarterback. He's got a cannon for an arm. Um, he had one throw last game. He was kind of rolling out and threw back across his body a little bit, and just it was a frozen rope. And you could see that pure arm talent there. Um, I, I hope that they they bring him back in, let him get a few more starts this year. I mean, they've already had so many injuries on both sides of the ball. It's it's hard to imagine them making like a serious push for the playoff. It's kind of like let's get your young guy in there, get some reps, and start building towards the future. You know, you invested this high draft capital in him. Um, you know, you never want to see a guy lose his job due to injury, but unfortunately that happens in the NFL. You know, it's not the first time it's happened. I've seen that happen with my Dallas Cowboys and Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. You know, sometimes you got to hand it over to the young kid and let him go. And I feel like that's very much what the Chargers need to do here if they're they're going to do what's best for the franchise. Yeah, I agree. And, and Tyrod Taylor has just been more of a, uh, a game manager. I mean, I like Tyrod Taylor, don't get me wrong, but he's really more of just a, you know, don't, don't turn the ball over kind of a game manager type guy. And they need someone with their weapons to get them down the field. And that's what uh, Herbert will bring them should have been um, on. I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but Burrow's good. But I mean, Justin Herbert was uh, number one pick potential until he had kind of a down year his last year at Oregon, even though he picked it up towards the end of the year. Um, the first half of the year was kind of a down year for him. So it slid him down draft boards. But I mean, I think he was good enough to still have been the number one pick. I mean, his talent is there. Yeah. I mean, you saw it on full display. Like he, he's legit, man. I'm surprised he didn't go a little bit higher in the draft after seeing that. Um, you know, who knows, maybe it's something where when team get a little bit of film on him that he's not quite as successful, but as far as that first game goes, very, very encouraged. If you're a Chargers fan, you gotta be feeling good about that draft pick. Um, you had mentioned Joe Burrow. Um, he's the next guy on our list. Um, had one of the most ridiculous stat lines I've ever seen for a game on Thursday. Had 61 pass attempts, completed 37 of them, you know, for just good over 60%, which when you're considering you're throwing that many passes, that's not too bad. Um, had 316 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Um, also added another 19 yards on the ground. Had 32 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. 
Um, through two weeks, man, I, I was already on the Joe Burrow hype train and I could not be more on it at this point. Like, I feel like this guy has got like that Andrew Luck level potential. Um, I think that you saw the way that he just single handedly carried that Bengals team down the field at the end. They just completely abandoned the run. Um, like it was obvious that it wasn't working. So they just said, screw it. We're going to throw it every single time evidenced by the fact he threw it 60 times in a game. Uh, but once they get an offensive line and some more weapons around him on the defensive side of the ball, I, I am very excited to see what Joe Burrow does. He seems like one of those guys that, uh, even in like a, a 12 team league, he's a quarterback that's, you know, worth drafting, worth owning a little bit early. Um, a dynasty league, I think that he has like legitimately top three, uh, fantasy quarterback potential, if not even higher during his prime. He's a little bit better of a runner than a lot of people realize. Um, so through two games, man, I am very, very impressed with what I've seen from Burrow. Um, where do you come in on him as a, a Steelers fan and someone that I'm hoping, or I'm sure hopes Burrow does not turn out to be as good as I'm hoping he does? Yeah. Um, no, I'm very high on Burrow as well. I really am. Um, even though I'm a Steelers fan, I try to be realistic. That's why I keep um, not being as high on um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> never mind. I'll get into him in a little bit <laughs> later. But, um, I'm not screwed. I'm just going to throw that comment in there. Kyler Murray is what everyone thinks Lamar Jackson is. I'm just going to throw that comment in there. And then he's got all the tools. But anyway, um, Joe Burrow. So I, I love the guy. I really do. He's got all the weapons. Uh, Mixon, Bernard coming out of the backfield. A.J. Green looks to be back this year. Um, they're a little bit off target, it feels like, Burrow and A.J. Green. He goes to him a lot, though, which is very encouraging. Uh, Tyler Boyd's there. T. Higgins. Uh, John Ross is there. I mean, they've, they have got so many weapons. It seems like it's going to take another year for them to really put it together, though. Uh, their 0-2 should have be at least 1-1. One um, they kind of blew that game against the Chargers, but yeah, um, I think he just needs to, well, to be honest, I think they need to get Zach Taylor out of there. I think he oh, needs a, another, I, I don't know, man, Zach Taylor, and maybe he'll figure it out, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not counting last year against him too much, but just, to, and I know it's two games, so maybe I'm being a little bit hard, but it just seems like they're not really helping Joe Burrow the way that I feel like they should. They need to, you know, Joe Mixon is a top 10 back in the league and they are just not getting creative with their play calls. I don't they know abandoned it. They just straight up said, we're not going to run it in this game in the second half. Like it was, it was crazy. Right. Right. And it, like, are they trying to get, you know, Joe Burrow to have big Ben, Tommy John elbow surgery, throwing 60 games, a second, no training camp, second game in the pros throwing 60 times. I thought that was absolutely nuts. Um, and it, and it was a close game. Um, well, reasonably close throughout the whole game. I mean, not enough to completely abandon the run. It's not like they were down by four touchdowns. So I don't know. I, I think the coaching staff needs to get a little bit more creative, not just, you know, line up and in the spread and, and have Joe Burrow throw it every down. But, um, that's just, just my opinion, but I still think the sky's the limit for Joe Burrow. Um, as long as he doesn't hurt his shoulder. (laughs) <laughs> yeah as long as they can keep him good there i mean yeah i i can't really say much more about him like i'm, I'm a huge fan like it gets to the point now where i'd have a hard time sitting unless you sitting him on my on my bench unless i have you know like a, a mahomes lamar jackson level kyler murray type guy ahead of him um just that upside after seeing what he did last week he's gonna be pretty close to a must start for me um the buy window low the buy window buy low window excuse me has already closed i mean if you if you don't have yeah. them now you're gonna have to pay premium prices you might as well just kind of wait it out and try and get the next guy that comes around um, but Joe Burrow, uh, surefire quarterback one for me. 
Um, switching over to the running back position, uh, the first two guys we're going to talk about here were two of the, two of the more big names. You know, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. They were pretty much one or two on everybody's rookie draft board in, in some order. Um, for the preseason, I had Jonathan Taylor number one. Uh, switched him down to number two after the draft just because I was a little bit more worried about Marlon Mack uh, eating into his carries than I was Damian Williams from Edwards-Helaire. Um, but that stopgap is gone now. Marlon Mack has torn his Achilles, unfortunately. He is out for the rest of the year. Um, hopefully quick recoveries to him. Um, but what that has meant is it really opened up the door for Jonathan Taylor, and you saw what he could do with the full workload last week, turning 26 carries into 101 yards and a touchdown. Um, only had two catches, uh, but I think that was more of an outlier. You know, you look at what he did the week before that. He had six catches for 67 yards. Um, he's had, had over 14 fantasy points in both games so far, um, had 18 and a half last week. And I think that that's going to be kind of what you're going to start seeing week in and week out. Um, he did that against a Minnesota defense who was supposed to be one of the better defensive units coming into the year, but have not looked that way so far. But uh, Taylor did a good job. He shredded him. He got him up and then they, they just rode him down the stretch and let him kill the clock out. He uh, looked every bit of the three down feature back, feature back that uh, we thought he was coming out of college. Uh, what are your thoughts on Taylor so far? Yeah, quick side note, uh, that Vikings defense is pretty much a droppable at this point. Um, I think they got me like negative nine points week one, and I think this week they got me like three in a league that I'm in. I'm, they're droppable at this point. They're I don't know what's going on there. Um, but anyway, uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, yeah, it seemed like they were kind of in uh, a little bit kind of like Zach Taylor I just talked about. It seemed like Frank Reich, I believe, is the coach there. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like they were very hesitant to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. They spoke very highly of Marlon Mack. Um, and now it seems like it's kind of reluctantly that since Matt got hurt that they have to, you know, give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, but it's going to pay off. Um, I just, I think he's a stud man. Um, Phillip Rivers is very lucky to have him coming out of the backfield along with the other offensive weapons that they have. And to be honest, there's not even really much more to say. Like he, he's going to be a beast, but running behind that offensive line, um, him and Clyde Edwards, both, uh, they just are in unbelievable situations. I mean, they were, they were already studs to begin with both of them. Um, so to me, they're kind of like one, one, to be honest with you either. I don't even know how to really rank one and two, uh, the offenses that they're in are, are both phenomenal. I, I believe, or at least for this year, while Phillip rivers is still there. Um, I just think the sky's the limit for him this year and in dynasty. At this point right now, and, and we'll kind of get into this more a little bit later, so don't don't go too far into it, but if you could have Saquon Barkley or one of those two in a dynasty league straight up, who are you taking? I'm not taking Saquon Barkley. Um, Interesting. You know, wow. See, I, I'm close there. I think that they're going to be in that same tier when I do this next set of dynasty updates. That's that's telling. That's crazy. Well, and because if we're going to talk about it later, then I'll get into it really later. But I'm I'm scared of the uh, the Giants' offense, not only this year but the next couple years. Um, and we'll, we'll get into it later. Um, I, mm-hmm. I would probably take either Jonathan Taylor or. Clyde Edwards. Um, and honestly, I'm still still probably leaning Clyde Edwards there because he's attached to Mahomes for the next mm-hmm. few years, um, whereas Jonathan Taylor is probably only going to get about one or two years out of Phillip Rivers, and then they're going to have to start over there at quarterback again. Um, so just I'd probably go Clyde Edwards there. But I mean, that is a very, very big toss up. And, and I love Saquon Barkley. Um, I just think uh, bad times are, are not getting better for the Giants anytime soon. Yeah, it's, it's a huge bummer, um, but I think I'm with you there. I think I would take both of those rookies over Saquon in the Dynasty League at this point. It's, even when he's back and healthy, we've seen how poor that offensive line is around him. It's just, man, you got to love both of those situations. You know, like you mentioned, Edward Tolera, he's attached to Mahomes, and Jonathan Taylor's running behind one of the best offensive lines in football. I mean, both of those situations are just 
better at this point. Um, looking at what uh, Edward Flair did, um, dropped from 25 carries down to just 10 in the second week, which is probably more in line with what I was expecting this year. I figured he was going to be a guy that's going to get, you know, 12 to 15 carries and then five to six catches a game. Um, we did see him haul in six catches for 32 yards, you know, big, big uh, PPR upside there, um, especially if you can get out to where he's, you know, running a little bit better. Average five and a half yards per carry week one, drop that down to 3.8 in week two. He's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of that. And I think that he's, you know, he's going to be a guy that's a consistent 15 to 20 point producer week in and week out as a rookie. And then in year two, you know, that, that ceiling just goes higher and higher there. Um, these two guys, if you grab them with one of the first two picks in your dynasty draft, I don't see any way you're really looking to sell these guys right now because um, their value is just going to continue to climb. And at this point next year, I would not be surprised if they're both top five uh, dynasty startup picks. I'm intrigued to see exactly where they come out in my next set, but they're both going to jump up even higher than the 13 and 14 ranks that they're in right now with uh, Edward Tiller and Bubba Taylor. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree there. And to be honest, I'm not even I mean, I know his stats were a little bit lower this week, um, Clyde Edwards, but I'm not putting it's a little bit game flow dependent. Like they got behind early and started throwing a lot. I think that's not going to happen most weeks. It was just kind of a a game flow thing. It was a division rival game. They see each other a lot. I'm not San Diego's defense is actually pretty good. Um, I mean, it's not not great, but they still have a lot of pieces there. They're missing uh, a couple guys have gotten injured, but it just seemed like it was a division game. They knew each other pretty well, and uh, the defense played well. It's like they really wanted to win that game, and the Chiefs just didn't really bring their A game. They stepped it up and won at the end, but that was not a normal uh, Chiefs, you know, powerhouse offensive game that we're so used to seeing. So um, I think that he'll actually probably have an you know, maybe 20 carries this next week. I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, same here. If you have one of those, one of those two guys, you just keep riding, just keep hanging on there. Um, moving over to another running back that was uh, not um, invested in with such high draft capital. In fact, he went undrafted completely. That is uh, James Robinson, the surprise starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I can remember like a week before the season started, like talking about like Ryquell Armstead, um, and then they cut Leonard Fournette, and it was like, oh, is it going to be Chris Thompson season? And then <laughs> out of nowhere comes uh, undrafted James Robinson. Uh, through the first two games, has 16 carries in each week. Has uh, shown a little bit in the passing game, hauling in at least one catch each week. Um, last week had 16 carries for 102 yards with one touchdown, 6.4 yards per carry. Um, as someone who did watch that game, I will say that 102 and 6.4 average is a little bit fluky. Um, he had a lot of runs where he's kind of bottled up, you know, three, four, or five yard runs, which is great. You know, those are really, really good runs. He's he's showing a lot better than I thought he was going to be coming out of college. Um, but he had two big runs that really kind of upped that number. Um, as good as he has been through two weeks, I, I'm not really convinced that he is the answer. I went in to go back and review their film today and was expecting to kind of be wowed by him and was actually way more impressed by uh, his uh, rookie teammate, LaVisca Chenault. Um, oh, yeah. But James Robinson, he's he's a sell high for me, but I will admit he has looked better. He's a guy that if he's your running back too right now, you've got to be feeling okay about. But he is a guy that I'd be looking to shop. Um, what are your thoughts on Robinson so far? Yeah, I mean he's had a couple good games. Um, I mean and I'm I'm pretty much on the same boat as you, um, especially since this is a dynasty show that I'm not not exactly sold that Robinson's going to be the guy next year. I mean, they got rid of Fournette, so they're obviously testing some things out. Um, they've been very competitive. I've actually been really impressed with Gardner Minshew. Um, yeah. I, thought mm-hmm. be, I thought this was going to be like a total tank year for Trevor Lawrence. Um, if he keeps playing the way he is, though, and I don't think they're going to get the number one pick. They might be top ten, but um, they're obviously not going to get Trevor Lawrence, so they might just take their running back of the future um, in the draft after – um, you know, this season. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sold on James Robinson going forward. And Chris Thompson, the guy that we thought um, may st- 
steal a little bit of the sunshine there, had a touchdown, uh, receiving touchdown, which is what I was afraid of. Um, obviously, I don't think Chris Thompson's going to steal a lot of the carries, but in PPR, I think he is going to continue to steal some of the receiving touchdowns and the receiving, uh, the receptions. Um, so yeah, James Robinson, I mean, nice story and he's good for this year, but, uh, I, I probably would not invest in him in dynasty because I think the Jaguars will probably get their, their running back of the future in this upcoming draft. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, they have so many draft picks coming up. It wouldn't be shocked to see them spend a second or third rounder on a running back. Um, however, I will say that if you're like one of those uh, dynasty teams that's competing, you know, you're one running back away. He's he's not a bad option to go out and buy. Like I, he does seem like he has a fairly secure role for this season. Um, one of the things that doesn't really show up in the box score, um, but he really is pretty good at his pass blocking. Uh, if you go back and watch this last game, I can count like just off my memory like two or three times where you know he kind of came out of nowhere to to chip one of the pass rushers to let uh, Gardner step up, have a clean pocket, make a throw. So that's something that coaches love, and that's one of the things that will help him keep him on the field this year. Um, but, it, you know, if you're kind of one of those teams that's in the middle of rebuilding, I'm, I'm not sure that I'd want to be hold on to. I think I'd be testing the market out there and seeing what I could get for him in a trade. Um, you know, if you can, by chance, you know, pull like an, an early second, definitely a first round pick, maybe even an early second rounder next year. I'm probably taking that trade. Um, another running back that's kind of came out of nowhere and that came out of nowhere. But a guy that surprised a little bit is uh, Joshua Kelly for the Chargers. You know, we talked about uh, Justin Herbert a little bit uh, earlier, but uh it's, it's honestly shocked me he's gotten so much work. Like, after the first week, you know, 12 carries for 60 yards, you know, a nice 5.0 average, um, had a touchdown. You know, I, I kind of thought that was going to be about what his role was going to be. Um, you saw the next week he had 23 carries, did not do much more, only had 64 yards, dropped that down to under three yards per carry, just did not look great on the ground, but they just kept force-feeding it to him over and over and over. Um, had a couple nice catches, you know, 49 yards in the receiving game. Um I, I have a hard time getting a read on here on Josh Kelly. Like I think it seems like the the role is secure. I'm not really sure that he's you know good enough to hang on to that role. Uh, you know, definitely past this year. What are your big takeaways for Josh Kelly so far? Yeah, we've talked about him on one of these podcasts before. Um, I think you were off on him. I think uh, mm-hmm. going into the year, and then I was a little bit worried because I'd heard. Um, you know, coming out of their little pre or their, you know, their camp that they had that that he was stealing a lot of carries. So I was I, I mean, you haven't seen him yet. There was no preseason game, so you don't know what to expect. But I'd been hearing a little bit of rumbling, you know, on on Twitter and whatnot that he'd been getting a lot of work. Um, and I'm honestly which once again, same conversation with Justin Herbert. Um, it's it's kind of why I think Anthony Lynn is going to be getting fired sooner rather than later. Um, they've got Austin Eckler, who's this absolute monster at running back, rushing, receiving. I mean, look what he did with Melvin Gordon out. And now they are force feeding Joshua Kelly, even though he's not really having any good games. Um, I, I, I don't get it, to be honest with you. Um, as long as Eckler's there, I don't I don't see Joshua Kelly having a huge fantasy impact. If, if Eckler were to get somehow traded into a, into a better situation than out of that dump that they call the chargers. <laughs> I know I'm hard on them, but Anthony Lynn is, I don't know. I hate to say that, but I, I just don't see the chargers doing well this year. And they have a lot of talent, but I, I don't see how Joshua Kelly can be fantasy relevant with Eckler there. Um, I just don't see it. It, sound, it seems like they're trying to recreate this Melvin Gordon situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't think he had a, uh, that great of a, a year last year. I really don't Melvin Gordon. Um, so in my opinion, I'm, I'm still out on Joshua Kelly. He's not, he didn't have, like he said, a very good, uh, you know, um, yards average. Um, I guess if you want to call it that, um, yeah, 2.8 last week, yards per carry, yeah, not they, great. And they just continue to force feed him the ball. I don't, I, I'm not so sure what's going on over there with the chargers. 
until they yeah, get he's a he's a guy. If I can get a second round pick next year in the rookie draft, I'm I'm probably making that swap. Not even really thinking twice about it. For the second round pick. Yeah, for sure. I take that like yeah. an, er, an early to mid second over Josh Kelly at this point for dynasty league, definitely. Um, another guy that's kind of uh, on the opposite side of that, a guy I actually am a little bit of a fan of, uh, Antonio Gibson. Um, he's averaged over four yards per carry both weeks so far. Um, we'll get week two against an Arizona defense. He had 13 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown, good for 4.2 yards per carry. Um, Paul did one catch but lost some yards on it. Um, we've already seen that, you know, he's a pretty shifty, explosive runner, you know, he's, he's elusive and he's not running behind a very good offensive line and he's still averaging over four yards per carry. Um, I still think that there's a lot of room for him to be, uh, a, a, a weapon in the passing game. You know, you look at what Ron Rivera did with Christian McCaffrey. I think that you could see Antonio Gibson eventually turn into 70% of that, you know, where he's averaging five, six catches a game on top of all the work he does on the ground. Um, unlike the last two guys we've talked about, Robinson and Kelly, Gibson is a buy for me at this point. Um, I do think that that pass catching ability is going to keep him on the field, even if they do invest in another running back to kind of bring him in a roommate next year. Um, I do think that he's still going to have a role. Uh, one of those guys that you can roll out there as a deep league RB2 or a flex bot should be able to get 10 to 12 points a week with those occasional weeks where he breaks off, you know, 20, 25 point weeks. Um, big fan of Antonio Gibson here. Um, you know, it's hard to root for the Redskins or excuse me, the Washington football team. Um, as a Cowboys fan, but you look at Ron Rivera there, everything he's kind of going through off the field. Um, I'm a Haskins guy. I like Gibson, like McLaurin. It's kind of hard not to root for this young Washington squad, man. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I know we, we pretty much agreed on everybody. Um, and I agree on Antonio Gibson as well. I'm not a fan of, um, you know, Ron Rivera giving Peyton Barber two goal line touchdowns in week one. And then I know that JD McKissick or however you say his name, um, got some work in the passing game this last game. I know they were down quite a bit, but um, Antonio Gibson is clearly the, uh, the, the feature back there, uh, the future back as well. So I'm all in on Antonio Gibson. Um, yep. I think that they'll, they'll continue to get better and better with uh, Dwayne Haskins there. So um, I'm all in. I agree with you. Let's kind of, let's play a little game here. I'm going to read off some of the guys that I have in my, around my rankings for Antonio Gibson. You tell me Gibson or the other guy, um, Devin Singletary, Gibson, David Montgomery, Montgomery, excuse me. Well, I mean, Gibson, on account of Montgomery's hurt every other day. All right. James Conner? I'd probably stick with Conner for now. Stick with Conner for now? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on a minute. Are we talking Dynasty? Yeah, for Dynasty. Oh, then uh, Gibson. Okay. Uh, Let's go up a tier here. A little bit different now. Uh, Things have changed since I did this last last set of rings, but uh, Leonard Fournette. That's a tough call. Um, So I'll tell you right now, as of right now, Gibson, if... If 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 Fournette is gonna get past Ronald Jones, then Fournette. Um, I actually think Fournette could be a huge monster in that offense if he's getting the majority of the carries. Yeah, I agree with you there. I would, that's kind of where I think I'd have him. And I think uh, this next set of rankings, I'll probably have him kind of right in that mix: the Fournette, Singletary, Montgomery, kind of in that group there around the the, the 60th pick for overall there. Uh, if, let's talk about one. Uh, oh, go ahead. Mon- uh, Montgomery, going back to that, I mean that's as of right now, kind of a, a coin flip. That's just how off I am on Mitch Trubisky. I'd probably even take Dwayne Haskins over Shoot, today. undefeated over Mitch Trubisky. Put some respect on that name. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, the luckiest 2-0. I mean, if we want to go into that, man, the luckiest 2-0 team in the league, and probably what that I've watched in years, um, at least the last few years, is the Chicago Bears, dude. Week one, Swift drops a wide-open touchdown. The Bears win. And then yesterday I watched that game at the end, fourth and one, the Bears, uh, before the Giants got the ball back, the Bears went for it on fourth down, fourth and one, play action. Trubisky throws it 
to a guy that's covered, it bounces off the, the defender and then into an offensive lineman's hand that's past the first down marker. So it keeps the drive going for the Bears. So it was like four minutes left in the game. And I'm like, really? Like, this is classic, like, Chicago Bears right here. They're not very good. I think they're going to get exposed in the next few weeks, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm not a big believer in this Bears team, but it's it's you know one of those things as a, a Tar Heels fan for college, I have a little <laughs> bit of a soft spot for Trubisky, so I'm still pulling for him. But yeah, I agree with you. They're they're they are worse than their record show so far. If they can get a better quarterback though, then I'm I'll be on Montgomery. But right now, I'm I would go Gibson. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, next running back um, is a rookie who we, I think we both would have much, much higher in a dynasty ranking, but it, it's looking more and more like we may have to wait a little bit to see it this year, and that's uh, J.K. Dobbins. After that yeah. first week, you know, he had seven carries, two touchdowns, uh, you know, only averaged about three yards per carry, but he was getting those all-important goal line touches. Um, he was a guy I was actually pretty excited about. I was like, okay, you know, maybe he's a, a flex play, you know, where he's going to have those few weeks where he takes off. But I think it's just going to be tough to predict who's going to be the running back yeah, each week out there behind uh, Mark Ingram. Um, only had two carries last week. You know, had 48 yards on him, so explosive as well. But, uh, you know, you just went from seven touches in week one down to three touches in week two. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of like that this year. Like, he's going to have probably three or four games where he goes off and scores 15, 20 points, but good luck figuring out which four weeks those are and which other four weeks he has, you know, two points on your bench. Yeah, um, and it's kind of, it's, I talked about him a lot um, in my other my other show that I do and, you know, my rankings and whatnot that, that I, I fully expected this to happen um, with J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins. Uh, he's clearly the the future back there for Baltimore, but um, I still think that he's going to be a late round um, grab. Um, I'm, I'm, I know it's a little bit risky, but I'm still uh, telling anybody that's listening to go buy low now while you can, because to me, Mark Ingram does look good, but what year doesn't Mark Ingram look good in the first couple games of the year? Then he always gets hurt or he always get, you know, he gets tired. I mean, he's, he's been a, uh, you know, splitting carries his whole career. Um, it's only a matter of time before J.K. Dobbins starts getting carries or Ingram potentially gets hurt and then Dobbins starts taking over that role. And I think it's still going to be towards the end of the year, but this is exactly what I predicted. Mark Ingram always starts out the year good. Um, so I, I, my advice to everybody, I think, is um, you know, don't be too worried about Dobbins right now. I pre- kind of predicted this was going to happen just because it happens every year. But wait till the end of this year and see what happens. Yeah, I think around like week six or seven where you kind of start to see him get the the majority of the carries. And then weeks 10, 11, 12 on, he's getting, you know, 18 to 22 carries a game. And he's he's racking up those fantasy points where in that Baltimore offense. Um, so, right. yeah, I agree with you. Just stay the course. You know, it's going to be that Miles Sanders type situation where down the year you're going to be really glad you have him on your team. And it might be one of the last couple chances here that you can buy low on J.K. Dobbins. He's had a few, you know, not bad weeks, but, I mean, riding the bench weeks behind uh, Ingram. So there's a lot of Ingram owners right now that are very happy. It's the same thing that happens every year. Like I just said, this might be one of your last chances this week and next week to buy low because once he does take off, you're not going to get him. Dynasty League, you want Austin Eckler or Dobbins? Dobbins. Ooh, that's saucy. I like it. What about Aaron Jones? Uh... I, I would still probably want Dobbins only, be, but it's not really because of Aaron Jones's talent. Well, you know what? Give me Aaron Jones because I'm not even going to, I I mean, I'm not even going to count the Packers into it, even if he has to move on from the Packers. Cause I have no idea why they invested a second round pick in AJ Dillon when Aaron Jones just continues to go off, unless they don't think they're going to be able to, to pay him. I, I, I don't know what's going on. So give me Aaron Jones, no matter what situation he's in, I guess. Interesting. I have a flip-flop. I'll take uh, Eckler over Dobbins, but I will take Dobbins over Aaron Jones. So he's kind of right in that mix, though, kind of in that group. Yeah. You know, you're around like RB 10 to 12 for Dynasty. 
and to be honest, that that's the same thing we were talking about earlier. I know we're going a little bit in depth in it, but Eckler yeah. and, until they get rid of, you know what, switch it. Oh, give me Eckler. As soon as they get rid of Anthony Lynn, I think he's going to really take off. But I think Anthony Lynn and that uh, I'm not even sure who the offensive coordinator is. I'd have to look that up. I know it used to be Ken Wisenhunt. I'm not sure who's there now, but their offense is really holding Eckler back at the moment. Yeah, the Chargers offensive coordinator is. Let me pull that up real quick here for you. Yeah, Shane good. Shane Steichen. I I honestly couldn't tell you much about him at this point. Yeah, um, definitely not head coach material at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fair to say. Um, no, it's all right, well, Bill Belichick's son. Did you see him in Sunday Night Football yesterday? No, I didn't. Oh yeah, he's a Bill Belichick's son. Is the uh, like the linebackers coach? He's got a mullet and everything going on. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> that's looking good there. Um, all right, well, let's uh, wrap up the running backs here and let's uh, kick it over to the four wide receivers, uh, rookie wide receivers that have opened some eyes earlier, early in the year. Um, the first one, it warms my heart to see, and that is C.D. Lamb. Um, you see him coming out and he's already in the top 12 in terms of receiving yards for the season. Um, first week had five catches for 59 yards on six targets. This week he came out and uh, hauled in nine of his targets for six catches, 106 yards, including one huge play in the fourth quarter to set up our comeback drive there. Um, you know, I, I had talked about that it could be um, after next season that the Cowboys look to decline Amari's option and CD becomes the number one option, but he is legit, man. I could see him by the end of this year. He's like the number one cowboy. Um, I'm not even honestly sure that I would take Amari Cooper over CeeDee Lamb straight up in a dynasty league right now at this point. Um, you see the the running after the catch ability, excuse me, the after the catch running ability um, really looks kind of like a second coming of DeAndre Hopkins out there when I'm watching him play. Um the fact he fell to us at 17 is just crazy. He's a top 10 talent. I, I am very excited for C.D. Lamb. Um, I think that his floor is going to be a wide receiver, too, by the end of this year. And then when you're talking next year, he's going to be kind of going near the back end of wide receiver ones in draft. Um, I would do whatever I can to get him on your team right now because uh, the future is coming quick for C.D. Lamb, uh, let me tell you. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch the uh, – I only watched the very end of the Cowboys game, so I'm glad that you had all that uh, – you know, analysts on uh, CD Lamb. I just saw the stats, and yeah, he's really killing it. Um, but I'm interested to hear, and I know it's a little bit different than Lamb, but for people listening, what? So, what are you doing with Michael Gallup at this point? Oh, he's a hold. He's a guy that if you can throw him in there as your flex, that you're going to be just happy with. He's going to have a nice floor where he's going to have you know eight to ten points most week. Um, but he is our best deep threat down the field. So when he does convert two or three of those catches, he's going to have those week where you know he has that one catch that goes for 46 yards and a touchdown on top of his normal other four catches for 60 yards. Um, one of the few offenses that has like a true three wide receivers that I'm comfortable starting basically every single week. Um, okay, so I you think are that. Still- Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I think that Gallup and C.D. Lamb is kind of that, that future wide receiver combo for the Cowboys that's really going to take us to the next level. Um, love Amari. Um, when he is right, he is a top 10 receiver, but he is just so up and down. Um, C.D.'s kind of got that game that I think is a little bit more matchup uh, proof where it doesn't really matter the, the matchup. He's going to put up his numbers regardless because he can move all over. He can go out of the slot. Um, his route running is, you know, right there on par with Jerry Judy's in terms of the rookies. Um, the the very, very high ceiling for CeeDee Lamb, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, I could not be much higher on him than I am at this point. No, that's good. That um, That's good to know because I was getting worried a little bit about um, about Gallup. But I'm glad the way you explained that. Um, I didn't know that uh, Amari Cooper had an option this year. So that makes a lot of sense because I was. Uh, I after next Ga- season, after next season, oh, the Cowboys can, they can opt out after next year. Yeah. Yeah, I was starting to wonder if Gallup was going to start getting a little bit unhappy with Cooper and Lamb starting to get all the all the targets there. But that make, that makes a lot of sense. So um, 
I don't yeah, really worry about that as much. It, it seems like personality-wise, like Amari's like a pretty good locker room guy, but I could just see it being, you know, a, a contract casualty type thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, they got to pay Dak. Exactly. <laughs> At this point, man, pay the guy. The dude is doing everything he can to do it. Like, let's just pay this guy, lock him in, and let's go win the Super Bowl. Um, next receiver I want to talk about here, uh, one of my personal favorites from draft season, a guy that I grabbed in almost every single league in the second round, and so far I'm feeling great about it. That is uh, Jaguars' new best option, uh, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, that's no slide on DJ Chark. I'm just a big Chenault guy. Um, you know, look at what he does. He's getting used as a pass catcher and a runner. He's had three carries both games, uh, averaging over 11 yards per carry. And when you watch him run, it's not like kind of one of those things where they put a wide receiver in there and they have a little bit of gadget plays for him. This dude can run. Like, did you see the play last week where he came in, dropped his shoulder, and plowed over the linebacker? Like, I he did. looks like I, a yep. full-on running back out there. And I think that you're going to see him eventually, you know, having five to eight carries a game as well as, you know, four to six catches. Um, big, big fan of LaVisca Chanel. He's a guy that you got, you know, late in the second round of rookie drafts. And he's – if you're redoing this day, I would not be shocked if he's, you know, closer to that top 12 range. Um, I think that his role is legit, and it's going to continue to grow with Gardner Minshew. He's just a Swiss Army knife that does a little bit of everything. Um, you know, as we've seen so far, they're doing what they can to get him the ball, and it's only two games in. I think he's just going to continue to get better from here, and he's a guy that's just going to be, you know, a guy that you draft in the top 40 to 50 most years in your dynasty draft, and he outperforms it almost every single year, similar to like a Jarvis Landry type player. Yeah, I like Chenault a lot. Um, he's another guy, kind of like Herbert earlier, um, played at the University of Colorado, so I know who... You know, I've seen him play quite a bit. I watched all of Utah's games, and he's he's a flat-out beast. Um, they line him up all over the field. The Jaguars do, which is what they should do. They, you know, they give him rushes. They they throw the ball to him. He's just an athletic freak. And once they they get a little bit better of an offense with a running back, which we already talked about, and you know, a couple other weapons, I think the sky's the limit for uh, for Chenault. I drafted him. Um, in another dynasty league, it's my home, you know, my hometown dynasty league that I'm in. I actually had the very last pick and I took him with the very last pick over uh, a guy I think we're going to talk about next, which I'm kind of going back and forth on if I should have regretted that or not. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with Chenault. I went through and picked him up in virtually every league that I am in. I think right before week one, I think the only one I didn't get him in is your league, Jordan. Um because mm-hmm, he's on my bench <laughs> yeah 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 and i went through every single one of my leagues and picked him up other than that league right there which sucked and then i also couldn't get james robinson i got stuck with a, a zobo and uh who knows if he's coming back or not <laughs> but uh anyway yeah chenault um i'm very high on him just like you are um the sky's the limit for him yeah, he's a he's a buy for me in dynasty leagues right now. I'm I'm worth paying a little bit of an elevated cost compared to what he was at draft season because I do think that that value is going to continue to grow even more. Um, so Chanel's a big time buy for me. Uh, next receiver on this list is a uh, Chase Claypool for your Steelers. Um, stat line last week's a little bit uh, inflated by one you know long touchdown catch, but I mean hey, that still counts as a long touchdown catch, and you saw the the explosion in the you know, why the, why the Steelers invested that draft capital in him and why he had so much hype in the preseason. Um, what are your thoughts on Claypool, man? You probably know him a little bit closer than I do at this point. Yeah. Um, for dynasty and, and well, I guess, and for redraft too, I guess, um, he, he's going to make a lot of people very happy starting next year. I mean, I mean, if you're in a very deep league this year, you know, you know, 16 teams, 16 teams and on, um, he's definitely worth a roster spot. I don't expect him to do like a ton, um, for you every game. Obviously if you had him this week in a, you know, in, in a deep league then he probably paid off there for you, um, with his 66 yard touchdown that he had, 
Um, but anyway, it's the reason I'm I'm really um, you know excited for Claypool is obviously he's an athletic freak. He's like six six, runs like a four five forty. Um, that's why they drafted him. I thought he was going to be the Juju replacement, and he still potentially might be if they can't pay Juju. He won't ever be a slot guy. He'll be on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't expect him to really crack the lineup this year, if that makes sense, because they have Deontay Johnson, they have Juju, they have uh, James Washington, who was their deep threat. And it seems like after watching, you know, pretty much every play of the last two games, he's really starting to steal um, James Washington's um, mm-hmm. spots kind a lot. Kind of that deep threat role. Yeah, which kind of shocked me a little bit because Johnson actually is pretty reliable. But that's, I mean, somebody's got to be the odd man out there. Um, and he's been in the, you know, James Washington is one that I would probably um, be trending down on at the moment. Uh, things are not looking very good for him. Um, but he Chase Claypool also doesn't play every play either. They, Pittsburgh is doing a lot of uh, different type of packages with their receivers and Claypool's only coming in every now and then. But, I mean, he's got five five targets and five receptions on the year. Um, he had 39 yards the first game against the Giants, a beautiful, I don't know if you saw that, uh, that big Ben pass on the sideline where he toe tipped mm-hmm. it in there. Yeah. Um, so there was that one this, this last game against Denver, three targets, three catches, 88 yards, a touchdown, the one big long one. Um, pretty much if you're in a, if you're in a dynasty league, draft him and hold him until next year. If he's, you know, the starting wide receiver on the other side of, of Juju or Deontay Johnson, then you're fine. Um, but yeah, uh, this year though, you're unless you're in a long, uh, a big league, sixteen and on, um, he's not really worth rostering at the moment. What do you think his ceiling is? Like I, when I look at him, like I don't really see like a like you know a wide receiver one for fantasy. Like I think he could be maybe more of like a back end number two flex play type guy in the offense. Uh, do you agree with that, or do you think I'm uh, short selling him a little bit? No, I agree with that because I think um, it's the fit that he's in. Um, well, as long as Ben Roethlisberger's there, as long as Big Ben is there, um, Deontay Johnson is going to get the majority of the targets, and then you have Juju in the red zone. Um, so long term, I think his, I mean he, he might get a lot of uh, red zone. I, I take that back. Juju's the main red zone guy, but you might get, you know, um, catch him on a fade off of a corner. Yeah, you know, the he's red like zone a tight fade. end size wise out there. I mean, yeah, big. yeah, yeah. Um, to to be honest, I'd rather prefer him out there than Eric Ebron. Um, uh, even yeah. though they're about the yeah, but um, I think it'll be about two years though before he really develops into like a, a wide receiver too. Um, they, they're they have a lot of young receivers in Pittsburgh, and I think it's going to be hard for him to get a whole, get ahead of Deontay Johnson or Juju at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we're on the same page there. Um, so let's wrap this up with one more rookie here. Um, he's a guy that I feel like is kind of in that similar class as Chase Claypool, and that's uh, Van Jefferson of the Las Vegas, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, what he did in the first week, he hauled in one long catch for 31 yards. You can kind of see the explosiveness there. Um, and then in week two, they really kind of started to look for him. He had five targets, hauled in four of those for 45 yards. Um, not going to be much or he's not a guy that I'm expecting much to anything out of this year in terms of inserting my fantasy lineup but I do think that by the end of the year he's going to overtake Josh Reynolds for that number three role and then I think next year you're going to really see him uh, carve out a big piece of that offense uh, the Rams like to throw the ball a ton uh, especially after moving on from Todd Gurley they're going to continue to throw it 40 50 times a game I think it's another one of those offenses like Dallas that could eventually have three fantasy relevant wide receivers and I do like Je- uh, Van Jefferson's game uh, big physical receiver good at creating space can get down the field and haul in big catch 
Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be, like I said, tough to put in your lineup this year, but I do think down the road he's going to have some flex value. Uh, if you're in a 16-team league this year, maybe at the end of the year you insert him in uh, insert him in your lineup down the stretch. Uh, but he's a guy that I'm adding to my benches now um, in terms to play for next year. I just went out and grabbed him off of waivers in two leagues. Uh, very, very excited about what I've seen from him so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, the only thing that's hard is, and it's kind of going back to Chase Claypool a little bit. I know that two different offenses, but there's just so many weapons. You don't know if he's going to put mm-hmm. up 15 points or you don't know if he's going to put up three or, or less. You know what I mean? And they have so many weapons right now. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, who I'm, I love Robert Woods, by the way. Uh, Tyler Higby had two touchdowns last week. Their offense is just loaded. Um, so for now, I, I feel like, um, I mean, Dynasty, obviously, yeah, invest in him and see, see what happens, kind of like Chase Claypool, but they just have so many weapons right now. You don't know. Um, you just don't know who's going to get the ball in, in which week. Yeah, that, that's about right for this week or for this year. I agree. Um, so that's going to wrap up kind of our rookie spotlight. We just kind of went through and highlighted 12 or so rookies that have really kind of caught our attention early. That's probably something that I'll do every single week is at least spend a little bit of time touching on some rookies. Um, so that way, you know, those playing in those deeper dynasty leagues are, are getting prepared for next year as well and kind of learning the, the future stars of tomorrow. Um, but unfortunately, we're going to have to shift over and talk about some stuff that is not as fun for the rest of the show. And that's going to be all the, the injuries that we had to withstand in week two. <laughs> on man and buckland there's a lot of them if you haven't heard already um we already briefly talked about saquon barkley a little bit um we already both said we would take both of the top two rookie running backs over him um for a dynasty league um let's just kind of start from the top here and you tell me yes or no if you'd rather have a saquon uh zeke no dalvin cook Uh, that's a tough one man i'll go saquon over dalvin cook man the vikings look like crap (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna take dalvin there but it's close uh what about camara uh, that's i take him i i like camara man after a disappointing uh year last year but then uh except for the end of the year the fantasy football playoffs and then building off and he's having a, a very good first couple games this year i i think i'd go camara yeah i agree with you there uh joe mixon uh saquon yeah i agree there uh nick chubb saquon because of kareem hunt agreed josh jacobs Ooh, dude uh uh we'll, we'll go saquon but that that is that might be one of the closest that's kind of where you, that's where you get pause right there is josh jacobs line yeah dude, i think this guy could be the limit for josh jacobs man i actually think he could be a top top four to five back this year as many times as they're going to feed him the rock and we both prefer barkley to derrick henry and miles sanders for dynasty right oh yeah Okay, yeah, same here. So, I mean, shoot, that drops him down, though. You know, I had him as my number two overall player, and just going off of that, that's, you know, why running back six or seven. Um, where, do you, where do you have Josh Jacobs? I'm curious. Would, would you put him ahead of Barkley? I don't think I would. I think that it would kind of go Barkley, and then my next guy down would be Jacobs, I think. It's, it's close. It, it, that's kind of, he's right in that group there, that Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, kind of in that range of yeah, right yeah. below the elite running backs for me. It just seems like the, the Giants have more weapons around Barkley than the Raiders obviously have around Josh Jacobs, that they have to force feed Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And no, the role for Josh Jacobs should be steady. I'm a big Jacobs guy. I had him at number 12 in the offseason, which was actually a bit higher than a lot of dynasty drinks I thought saw out there. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, a huge week one, that's not going to be the case anymore. But, uh, 
Yeah, that I'm gonna have to think hard on that one. Jacobs Barkley, that's close right there. Um, especially just because it has been two years in a row of injury. Um, however, with that being said, though, one of my favorite strategies as a dynasty owner is to go out and buy injured stars. So if I am not in a spot to compete for a championship this year, I'm gonna be throwing out some buy low offers to Saquon Barkley, the Christian McCaffrey type guys in the league. Um, like if I could turn around right now and you know flip Josh Jacobs to Christian McCaffrey, I am doing that 100%. I agree. And can I ask you, it's not about, well, I mean, it revolves around Barkley, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's a little bit different. He didn't get injured, but um, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? I know you were a big Daniel Jones yeah. guy going into mm-hmm. the year. Um, he is, to me, not looked great at all these first two weeks. Um, and now with Barkley hurt, um, their offense is... I mean, their defense is not looking great at all. They, you know, they Steelers, I know the Steelers, but they also let the Bears kind of, you know, have a good game on them. The defense isn't looking good. Daniel Jones is is not really getting it done. And with Barkley out, I mean, they could be looking potential. And I know it's a long ways out, but they could be potentially looking at, you know, the, the number one pick in the draft. And if Trevor Lawrence is there, I mean, Danny Dimes might be time is up if he keeps playing like this yeah i you know i was really big on him um but part of the reason that i was so big on him was because of what saquon was going to bring to that offense you know uh, having him evan ingram on the outside or excuse me a tight end to stretch the field down the middle um had a nice trio receivers on the outside i thought all the pieces were kind of there for for danny Dimes to take that next step and yeah through two weeks i'm looking good i'm not to the point where i'm bailing yet like i'm still going to stash him but he's definitely a guy that i'm not starting at this point until i kind of see some semblance of a, a functional offense uh, post barkley yeah i'm gonna write i'm gonna write that one down so we can talk about this like around like week 10 or 11 and if he's still playing like this to see what your what your opinion is on him um obviously because it's only two weeks in that we can't really get a good judgment there but if there's if they're freaking two and ten or you know one and eleven or whatever we might have to jump off that one yeah i would agree there um, in terms of like players behind Barkley, nobody really there currently that I'm interested in for dynasty leagues. You know, if you're in a deep, deep league, maybe Deion Lewis is a one-year guy. Um, rumor is it has it that they had Devonta Freeman at the facility today working him out, so maybe he steps in there. He's a little bit interesting if he could step in and uh, take over that there. The very, 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 very poor man's version of the Saquon Barkley role, uh, but I think he could be an interesting guy there. Outside of that, the I'm rumor- not really interested in any of these running backs. The rumor is Devontae Freeman, the reason nobody signs him, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, is that he wants too much money. Like, who does Devontae Freeman think he is? Uh, like, he he didn't have that great of a year the last, I, I believe, I know for sure last year, and I'd even go back the last two years, I don't think he had that great of a year. And he's demanding all this money from all these teams, and they just keep telling him bye, and he just keeps showing up wanting all the money. It, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I guess you got to know your own worth, but there's a reason he's still unemployed at this point. Um, right. The next big injury on our list, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this one was like a gut punch, man. This one sucked to see this one. Um, high ankle sprain. Sounds like he's going to be out anywhere from four to six weeks. But as we have seen, those uh, high ankle sprains can linger when you get back. So even though he's back, he may not be that full Christian McCaffrey we're used to seeing. Um, in terms of dynasty, I don't think there's a, a lot of takeaways here. I mean, you're going to throw him on your IR. You're going to be stashing him, and in a few weeks, you're going to bring him back and seeing what happens. Not a guy that I'm looking to trade right now. I don't want to sell him at any sort of a discount at all. Um, any any disagreeing thoughts on that? No. Um, I, I'm literally basically the same exact you. There's nobody I'd really – I mean, redraft standard – I mean, not standard, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, not dynasty – 
PPR leagues than go get Mike Davis. But Dynasty, um, I would not even – I don't think I'd waste my time on Mike Davis, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, if you need a flex play, you know, he did come in last week and uh, catch eight of eight targets for 74 yards. So in a PPR league, that does have some value. But I don't think that's going to be a consistent part of their game plan. I think that was just kind of out of necessity. But once no, McCaffrey came in, they needed someone to come in and be that pass catcher. Yeah, teams will – They'll put their linebacker or their safety, even if they have to double team it. I, I think uh, I feel bad for Teddy Bridgewater because that just makes his job so much harder and what was already kind of a hard job as it is. Yeah, 100 um, percent. A guy, like I said, I like to buy low on injured guys. So if you are a team that uh, has a, a an a owner in your league that's freaking out about Christian McCaffrey a little bit, it doesn't hurt to go throw out a low ball offer. You never know. Um Next uh, team, and this was a situation that I was pretty much avoiding from the start anyways, and that was going to be the 49ers backfield. Um, I thought it was going to be kind of a headache between Raheem Mostert, Tavon Coleman, and Jarek McKinnon figuring out who to play each week. And it just got real simple, at least for the next few weeks. looks like Jarek McKinnon is going to be the guy you want there, and he's going to have an awesome two or three weeks before I'm sure he's back on the injured report for something. Uh, But Raheem Mostert, man, this one was a little bit of a bummer. He was off to a really, really good start. Um, had two huge explosive long runs. I guess one was a catch and one long run for touchdowns. Obviously not something he was going to do every single game, but you saw you know, what could be if they would have committed him as a full-time back. At this point now, he's got a sprained MCL. He's going to be week to week. Uh, sounds like Tevin Coleman's going to be on the shelf for a few weeks as well. Um, but yeah, so all in all, I'm fading the situation. Um, I don't really want much to do with Dr. Coleman, even when they're back healthy. I think it's going to be just a, a timeshare that's just a complete headache. Um, anyone here in this 49ers backfield that you're you're really interested in at this point? No, not um, not other than McKinnon for the next like two to three weeks, and then after that, no. Um, but I will say Kyle Shanahan does seem to love Jerick McKinnon um, before Mozart really blew yeah, up. They gave him a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought him over from Minnesota. Pretty pretty positive that's where he was at before Dalvin Cook got mm. there, or maybe they split times. But anyway, he came from Minnesota, and um. You know, he followed Kyle Shanahan there and yeah, they gave him a lot of money and he just can't stay healthy. So, I mean, if, well, you know what, I, I'm going to take that back. Go, go ahead and roster McKinnon if, if he's available just to wait and see. I mean, if he blows up these next three weeks, who's to say Shanahan's not going to stick with him as the hot hand. Yeah, eh, it's, I you wouldn't put anything heavy do. to get into that situation, but if you can get it for free off waivers, go for it. But I'm not, I'm not paying any capital, sending any draft picks to, to get involved in this backfield by any means. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Only if you can get him off waiver. For sure. Um, conversely, a situation that I am interested in, and that's going to be the the Rams backfield. Um, I am a Cam Akers guy. Had him in two or three leagues. So to see him have a, a rib injury, going to be looking like he's out week to week. Um, however, that does open up the door for Daryl Henderson. Uh, he came in last week, had 12 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. Also had two catches for 40 yards. Um, average, you know, a nice 6.8 average yards per carry, 20 fantasy points. I am a pretty big fan of Daryl Henderson. Um, it was one of those situations in the offseason that I, I just kind of thought that Akers was going to be the guy because they invested that high draft capital in them. But if he's going to be gone, you know, we've seen the explosiveness that Daryl Henderson has. Um, could be a little bit of a weekly headache with uh, that rare, that backfield. You know, they've already shown that Malcolm Brown, they like to give him the load every once in a while. Um, but I do think in a PPR league, Daryl Henderson, he's a buy for me at this point. Yep. No, I, I completely agree there. Um, they're, uh, yeah, they're, their backfield is is a little bit of a mess as well with Malcolm Brown. Um, obviously Cam Akers there whenever he gets gets healthy there. And then Daryl Henderson, it's 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 kind of a mess. Um, but obviously I feel like the long-term value is Cam Akers. Do you agree there then? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. still long-term Cam Akers. I, I would go buy low on Cam Akers right now, too. Um, he's a guy that, honestly, like you were getting him for what you thought he was going to do in years two and three anyways. And what he does in year one is just kind of gravy. Nothing's really changed for me on that. 
Oh, to me, yeah, to me, when I when I looked at Cam Akers, I thought um, it was just kind of a smokescreen that he would eventually surpass Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Like, I didn't really actually think the Rams were going to give all those carries to them. I thought Cam Akers was going to seize control, but no, there they are rolling out everybody. So, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the case this year. Um, kicking it over to the wide receiver position. Um, this was another injury that was just kind of a backbreaker, man. Cortland Sutton torn ACL. I didn't even really realize he got hurt the day of it. Just kind of woke up to notification today that he was out for the season. Um, you know, don't got to say much about him. We all know he's a bona fide stud, but what that does do is it opens up the door for Jerry Judy to kind of step in as that wide receiver one. Um, not helping his case is the fact that Drew Luck is also going to be out for a few weeks. Um, but I feel like Jerry Judy is one of those guys that could be, a, you know, like a, a low end wide receiver two flex play just by volume because there's no one else to throw the ball. So he's going to see eight, nine, ten targets a game. So even if he's not super efficient on it, I think he's going to have, you know, three, four, five, six catches most weeks. So he has a nice flex floor. Um, Kind of a bummer for his long-term development. I was actually pretty excited to see what this Broncos team could do. Uh, but sometimes those volume stats, man, they count the same in fantasy. Yeah, um, I'm just going to kind of mix Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton in here mm-hmm. together. Um, this whole Broncos situation has me a little bit worried for a lot of people. Um I, I actually had the Broncos high kind of as a sleeper to not win the division. They're not going to get past Kansas City, but maybe potentially get that seventh wild card spot. I mean, they got a lot of young talent now. I'm completely on the other side of the fence. Um, let's say they're – what are they? They're 0-2 now. I mean, let's say they're 0-8, 0-9 by the time the freaking uh, – you know, the, by the time Drew Locke gets back. I mean – heads could be rolling. Maybe they just decide to let Drew Locke shut it down uh, with his shoulder. If they're, you know, one and eight, one and seven, you know, oh and nine, that type of thing. They've already lost Sutton. Maybe they just call it a year at that point. I mean, there's no fans. They're not selling tickets anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at that point, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious and a little bit worried about Drew Locke going forward. If the Broncos end up, you know, the worst team in football this year with all this talent that they're missing, um, did they try to take a look at um, if Trevor Lawrence is there or um, I'm, I, and I know I'm throwing out a lot of possibilities or what's his name? Justin Fields from uh, Ohio State. Ohio State. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Drew Locke, I know they spent a first round pick on him, but him getting hurt right there and what was supposed to be a, you know, a really push year. I mean, things could go real south for Drew Locke real quick. And to be honest, I don't, I don't know if I'm investing him even in dynasty right now. There's a lot of question marks there. Uh, Cortland Sutton, are you still you're still buying on him? Though you mean you're not buying it on Luck, correct? Yeah, on Luck. Luck. Uh, okay. Especially yeah, when I there's agree. so many when there's so many other good young quarterbacks right now. I mean, we've talked about them: uh, Burrow, Herbert. I mean, there's so many, so many guys I would pick ahead of Drew Lock. Um, Cortland Sutton, though, I mean, he obviously this year it sucks. Um, they do have a lot of other wide receivers that are young on that team, though. Jerry Judy. Um, KJ Hamler that I think are going to step up. So Cortland Sutton might be, um, what is it? Do you happen to know Jordan while you're there? Is this his second year? Is this his third year? Cortland Sutton? I think it's second, right? I believe. Yeah. Second year there. This would be his third. This is his third year this year. He's had two years in already. I believe. Let me confirm that. Oh, okay. Uh, Um, well, Cortland Sutton, that's a very interesting on him then going forward because, um, with, if Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, um, KJ Hamler, yeah, I believe that's how you say his name. Um, if they step up, you know, Cortland Sutton could be, you know, playing his way out of Denver as well, even though I think he is a stud. But if those two step really step up, Jerry Judy, I think, is the one that's going to benefit the most out of this. Then Cortland Sutton, after next year, might not get another contract. So it's it's interesting, but you feel bad for these guys. But, man, it's 
having uh, dang it, Pittsburgh just played him yesterday too. What the heck's that guy's name? Um, let me look that up here. Uh, Steelers Broncos. I'm Jeff. Driscoll. Yeah, Driscoll. Having him throw into you, I mean, it's good that he's a veteran, but I'm not expecting much from Denver, and I really feel bad for them because uh, I like Vic Fangio. Um, yeah, I just I expected them to compete this year, and I think um, bad times are ahead for the whole franchise going into next year. Um, they could end up with the number. They'll be going with the Giants for the number one pick. Yeah, rough year to be a Broncos fan. They've just gotten hit with injury after injury early. Um, another oh, receiver, at, big oh, name. That Oh, go ahead. I apologize. I, I wanted to say this and I forgot. Yeah. With with that, I am trying to sell Melvin Gordon, by the way. Um, yeah. If you can bail it all together on that offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's still going to be Denver Bronco fans or just Melvin Gordon fans from what he did in San Diego. If you can try to if you can sell Melvin Gordon and bring in like I mean, you're not going to get Saquon, but well, I mean. No, maybe, maybe no, hold on. Depending, <laughs> on, depending on who's in your league, tr- maybe try to throw a l- low ball offer and try to convince them that, you know, it's a win now situation, but try, maybe try to get cam acres, that type of thing. But I would sell mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon while you still can. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can see that a little bit more again, like cam acres type guy. Um, keeping it moving here. Uh, next wide receiver, we got Devonte Adams. Um, he left with a hamstring. There's been no real timeline for him yet, but you know, we've kind of seen how these hamstrings can linger. Um, all I will say is they have a buy in week five. So it kind of is like a natural spot where if it is a multi-week thing that maybe we see him come back after the buy in week six. So just be prepared that you may be without him for a few weeks. Um, I'm a big fan of Alan Lazard and, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling for deeper leagues. Uh, one of those guys is probably on waivers. So if you do have a uh, Adams, I would say just go grab one of his backups and just kind of ride it out. Doesn't sound like it's going to be anything super long-term, but yeah, do maybe be prepared to be without him for a week or two potentially. Right, and I expect them to really lean on Aaron Jones again anyway. So um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I expect it to be the Aaron Jones show for the next few weeks and really lean on him. Yeah, that's one call that I may have been wrong on. I was down on Aaron Jones. I just figured there's going to be some aggression built in this year, but I, I may be wrong. He looks good. They're still getting him very involved, um, especially now without Devontae Adams. You may, uh, may have gotten Aaron Jones at a discount, and he may be paying off pretty well for you this season. Yeah, well, when they spend a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon and then don't play him, the, the Aaron Rodgers has a right to be mad at his uh, his his GM and his management. They they don't make a whole lot of sense over there. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me, that's for sure. Um, keeping it moving here, we've got <laughs> so many injuries. It's crazy. Uh, next one, <laughs> Paris Campbell. Um, he uh, banged up his knee. At first, it was sounding like he uh, you know, missed out on tearing the ACL, so it sounded like good news, maybe a multi-week injury. Um, I was scrolling Twitter right before I got in here, though, and it sounds like there's a couple sources from the team that said they will be very surprised if he plays again this year. Um, huge bummer. He was one of my breakout picks. You know, In week one, he looked the part of a true wide receiver one. I uh, had nine targets for six catches and 71 yards. Um I just kind of thought that that was going to be his, his role this year. I thought that he was going to overtake T.Y. Hilton as a, a true wide receiver one. Um, you know, they invested high draft capital in him. You saw week one and all coming together. Um, seeing this knee injury is just a huge, huge bummer. Um, another guy that just has struggled with injuries early in his career. Um, you know, nice buy low option at this point, especially if he is going to be out for, you know, just a couple weeks and he does come back for the season. You can probably get him for pretty cheap. Um, but definitely a bummer, and I think you have to kind of lower his overall ceiling outlook a little bit at this point after multiple injuries are going to cost him a lot of time. 
I, I completely agree there. And hopefully this uh, means that T.Y. Hilton's production will step up because he's been a major disappointment um, the first couple weeks of the year, not really doing much of anything. So hopefully without Paris Campbell, he'll he'll be able to step it up a little bit. You know, the Colt that I'm actually the most interested in after this injury is going to be Michael Pittman Jr. Um, I think that he was one of the more pro-ready uh, rookies in the in the coming into the league already. Um, and now there's a huge hole open for that wide receiver, wide receiver two spot. Um, I think that Michael Pittman is going to be a guy that's going to come on strong and really kind of help uh, a few teams win their leagues this year. Uh, moving on to Houston, though. Um, stop me if you heard this before. Uh, Will Fuller has a hamstring injury. I know it's probably the first time, but... Who could have thought this was going to happen already? Um, you know, week one, we, you know, it's a story with, with Will Fuller. Like with Will Fuller, we already know. Week one, you saw what he can do. Eight catches on 10 targets for 112 yards. Um, turns around the next week, you know, has one uh, one carry, no targets, can't get his hamstring loose, misses most of the game. Um, it's just the Will Fuller experience. About the only thing I can say is if you do have him, you better have Brandon Cooks as well at this point. It's almost like a handcuff situation with how much I think they're both going to be out this year. Um, I don't have Will Fuller in any leagues. I was kind of off of his uh, bandwagon anyways. At this point now, I'm even more so off of it. Um, I will live with it those weeks that he has 20, 30 points for somebody else and just be happy that all the weeks that he has zero, that he is not on my team. Uh, Where do you come in on Fuller at this point? To be honest, um, I wasn't really high on him at at all to to begin with Mm -hmm. um, just because of the injuries. I didn't take him in any any league that I am, um, that I'm invested in. Um, but I do have a lot of shares of Brandon Cooks, um, and I was really impressed with Brandon Cooks yesterday. But like you said, it's only a matter of time before he pulls a hamstring um, so or gets injured in somewhat. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm out on Will Fuller. Yep, I'm with you there. Not much else needs to be said. Uh, next injury, Julio Jones. Um, looked like he kind of aggravated his hamstring. He uh, never really came out of the game fully. It seemed like he like he did sit a few situations out, but he was still coming in during the fourth quarter making some plays. Um, knowing Julio Jones, he's likely going to play through the injury, but could be a little bit limited. Um, I was already on the train that uh, this was the year that Calvin Ridley took over as the wide receiver one in Atlanta. Um, we've seen that early. Uh, you know, week one had 130 yards, two touchdowns. Last week had seven catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Um, obviously, those monster numbers are in part because of what Julio Jones to draw attention from the defense. Um, but it's also partly because Calvin Ridley is a freaking stud, man. Like he is a true wide receiver one. Um, Julio Jones, you kind of could see him transition into like that uh, Roddy White type role over the next few years. You know, kind of like what he did similar coming into the league and eventually taking over as that wide receiver one. I do think that you're kind of starting to see the beginning of that baton being passed this year. Um, Julio Jones, he's a guy I don't have on any team anyways. You know, a little bit older in age. Um, I, anytime a guy is that old and still has that much trade value, I <laughs> cannot hit the button quick enough to flip him for somebody. Um, but with that being said, if you're a contending team, it might not be a bad idea to throw out a, a low ball offer, um, especially if he does end up being limited for a few weeks. You know, maybe he's a guy that you get for a discount and then comes back strong down the stretch and helps you win the league as, you know, your wide receiver two or three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my biggest takeaway here is just full steam ahead Calvin Ridley. Well, what about you? No, yeah, I'm I'm totally on that as well. I still think both of them can produce a little bit. Um, obviously, Calvin Ridley is who I'm targeting, but Julio – um, I think it's still going to be, you know, every three out of four games, every four out of five is going to put up, I mean, he might not be off the world numbers, but I still think he could do, you know, eight catches for a hundred yards pretty much every week. Um, yeah, I, I, I still like Julio for at least another two years. If you're even, I mean, dynasty standard, whichever one you want to play. Um, I still like Julio Jones for at least another two years in, in either of them. If you're really dynasty as well, if you're competing for that championship this year, I'd still uh, buy Julio and, 
you know, get your championship and then worry about rebuilding a little bit later. Yeah, I could see that for sure. A um, couple more injury notes on wide receivers. Just going to kind of go through these quick. Um, the Jets have more injuries. You know, Brashad Perriman yeah. left with an ankle injury. Chris Hogan left with a rib injury. Um, those two by themselves are not really relevant in terms of your dynasty leagues. But what that does mean is that when Denzel Mims gets back and healthy, there is going to be a ton of open targets for him. He could be another one of those guys that just puts up volume numbers where he is just getting force-fed targets. Um, I was a believer in the talent. Like, I want to say I had him as, like, my number six or number seven wide receiver in the rookie or out of the rookie class. Um, obviously did not really like the landing spot in New York as much, uh, but he is a guy that there is just no competition to when he does get back that he is going to be a guy that's going to be putting up numbers. Um, I'm grabbing him and throwing him on my bench now um, while you can. If you know if you have a, a, a team that's not paying attention, maybe try and throw out a low ball trade for him. Um, but yeah, just keep Dental Mims as the name in the, the back of your pocket for down the road. Um, another injury, uh, Sterling Shepard, he uh, jacked up his toe. Sounds like he's going to be week to week. Um, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram are going to be stock up a little what, bit more. What else is new? Sterling Shepard injured. Yeah, Sterling Shepard injured, of course. <laughs> um, not the only real pass catcher I really want on that team is Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton. Uh, Golden Tate's kind of an older flex guy, uh, but yeah. those are the two guys I really want. But even with that being said, we talked about it before. This Giants offense is a mess. I'm not really super invested in any of these guys. Um, Ingram would probably be my top option there just because I think that <laughs> that offensive line is going to need a, a safety valve for Daniel Jones to dump it off to. And then with uh, Saquon being out, that's going to turn into Evan Ingram. Um, any takeaways between the Jets and Giants there? Um, no, I liked it. I mean, Sterling Shepard is – I mean, if he the talent is is there, it's just that he cannot stay healthy. When he's healthy, I actually love Sterling Shepard, and I and I think he can be dominant when he wants to be. Uh, but it's you can't rely on him. You never know when you're actually going to get that production. Um, the Jets, I mean, pretty much um, everyone except for Denzel Mims, I'm off of. I'm even about ready to jump off the the Darnold train, man. They're such yeah, he looks brutal. And I can't even really get a, a good like judge like a good evaluation on Darnold because they're so absolutely awful. The GM needs to be fired. The coach needs to be fired. They are putting absolutely no weapons around him. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is an absolute train wreck, and not and that is not because I'm a Steelers fan. Like the writing was on the wall with that. He's fighting with the media, uh, his trainers, his coaches all over. He's bringing it publicly to Twitter. Um, you know. They're saying he has a hamstring injury. He's fighting on Twitter saying he doesn't have a hamstring injury. And then week one, he has a hamstring injury. Like <laughs> Not the with whole the hammy, thing, yeah. Yeah, like the whole thing is totally a circus. Adam Gase needs fired. They, they, them, Denver, and the New York Giants are my three teams. I'm, I'm really watching to who's going to get that number one pick. But I feel bad for uh, Sam Darnold because I actually do think the, the talent is there. I think he... You know, he's he's, you know, got the smarts to to get it done. But they have done absolutely nothing in his three or four years there to put any sort of talent around him until now. And then they get Denzel Mims and it's like a little too late. Yeah, it's kind of like trying to throw a duct tape over a huge leak at this point. Right. And I I feel bad for him because I I don't think he's going to make it out of uh, the Jets and hopefully he can land. And on another team that you know is capable of, of putting some talent around him but i think he's going to be gone from the jets here after this year yeah damn. i think they'll move on for, and it's probably good for sam darnold whether it's trade or they cut him i don't know but i think it's his fourth year with the team but hopefully he mm-hmm. uh he lands on with a different team and, and turns it around 
Yep, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, moving over to the tight end position, we had a, one injury in week two and then another injury that happened in week one that I just kind of want to touch on real quick. Um, this week we saw uh, CJ Uzuma go down for the Cincinnati Bengals towards Achilles. He is out for the year. Um, Drew Sample came in and had a pretty big week, um, seven catches for 45 yards on nine targets. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical that that stays uh, the same level all year long. However, with that being said, the Bengals have li- have liked to use multiple tight end sets early, and Joe Burrow has really been leaning on them. Um, so maybe he's a guy that you know is a back end you know tight end one for the teams down this year. But in terms of dynasty, like I'm not investing in Drew Sample at all long term. Uh, same for you. No. Same. Yeah, all right, we'll move on and, then. Yeah, I mean if Burrow's yeah. going to throw the ball 60 times a game, maybe, but. <laughs> yeah, nothing in dynasty I'm investing in. Um, another yeah. the other injury I wanted to talk about for the tight end, and that's going to be the Cowboys situation. Uh, Blake Jarwin tore his ACL in week one, out for the year. Uh, Dalton Schultz came in and looked like the pickup. Um, and I'm actually buying it a little bit. Like, I don't think he's a tight end one, but I do think in like a, a two tight end league or if you're in a bye week, I think that Schultz is a guy you can throw in there and uh, get some decent production. Um, last week, you know, he, he hauled in or he had 10 targets. So it wasn't like he just had like one or two big plays. Like they were targeting him. Uh, he made a couple big plays for us down the stretch in the third and fourth quarter when our offense was kind of struggling. Um, finished the day with nine catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, I would not be shocked if that was the best fantasy game he has all season long, but I do think he's a guy that has, you know, a decent, you know, eight to 10, 10 point week, uh, probably six to eight times the rest of the way, um, has some good tight end two weeks for you. Um, and Dak does like to use the tight end. So there could be a little bit more upside there. Um, obviously all the other pass catchers that you're going to prioritize, but in a deep league, I do think that, uh, Dalton Schultz is a, a decent sleeper option. Yeah, I agree with there. Um, that's good. I mean, you know way more about the Cowboys than I do, so I'm, I'm going to go with your call on that one. Yeah, just a name to have in the, on the watch list. Um, and then the last injury that we're going to talk about, um, and that's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a high ankle sprain. Um, sounds like he's going to play through it. Oh, man, just with everything else piling up, like until they can get Debo and Brandon Ayuk back on the field and 100% healthy for a few weeks, I just I want nothing to do with this offense. I'm not really a Jimmy G guy in the first place. Um, and then seeing just kind of him go down, their running backs, they haven't had their healthy running or healthy wide receivers for the year. Um, I'm just, I'm out on this 49ers offense altogether. There's no part of it for fantasy. I'm, I'm good on that. <laughs> any, any other last thoughts there for you on the, the 49ers situation? No, I, uh, I see before even all these injuries happened, I saw a uh, Super Bowl hangover coming mm-hmm. and, uh, you're seeing that unfold right now. Um, I mean, they'll be lucky to make the playoffs this year, the way they're playing. So, Yep, I would agree there. Well, that kind of wraps up everything we had planned for the show. We ran a little bit longer than I thought we would, but there was just so much good stuff, and I was kind of enjoying our combo, so I didn't want to cut us off. Um, so many injuries. So many injuries. But uh, tell us uh, where we can find you on Twitter and what other stuff you're working on. Yeah, um, you can find me at, on Twitter at real underscore Matt underscore H. Um I host a podcast um, called the Fantasy Bro Podcast. Um, Jordan and I are kind of, you know, working on maybe potentially some other stuff in the works there as well. And then I'm going to be contributing to um, hashtag football now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that, that's a Jordan, uh, you know, brought me along to the team and I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'll be on there making the uh, the weekly uh, projection or Jordan's making the projections. I'm sorry. But um, the weekly like comments telling you guys. Um, you know, what I expect out of each individual player uh, going forward that week. So I'm excited. 
Yeah, I, it sounds like it's all going to be out sometime this week. We're hoping for Wednesday. Sounds like at the worst it'll be out sometime before the Sunday games. Um, but I'm so excited for you guys to see everything we've been working on. Um, we're going to have, you know, I'm doing weekly projections as well as seasonal projections, which are going to be a nightmare after all the injuries this week. But I'm doing it the same. Um, I got Dynasty Rings that I'm going to be uh, releasing. Um, well, they're already out. And then I'm going to have another update coming in about two weeks. Um, you know, we got like trade analyzer tools, we got fantasy rankings, we got projections. I mean, we got it all and we're still just growing. Um, so very excited for you guys to all see that. Um, you can, of course, find me at Dino NFL on Twitter. Um, hit us up on there anytime. If you're enjoying the show, uh, leave us your review on whatever podcast app you use. And uh, until next week, it's been fun, Matt. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We'll, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, and hopefully uh, every all the NFL players can avoid some big injuries. Hopefully we're not on here, you know, talking about another big name guy uh, with an injury. So here's to here's to that. No doubt. All right, Matt. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Talk to you later, Jordan. Have a good night.